Hello and welcome to the official podcast for INFS 2822 Programming for Data Analytics at the UNSW Business School. My name is Blair Wang. Well, hello everyone. You made it. You made it to the end of week one. <laughs> it was a pretty full-on week, especially for a week one. But you know what? We want every class that you ever attend in this course to be useful to you. So they're all going to be quite tightly packed. There's always going to be a lot of material. Um, but that's exactly why we have things like this podcast to recap what's happened during the week and to give you some sense of clarity about how we can move forward into the next week. So welcome to the podcast for this week. So in the week one lecture already, we introduced you to an entire a way of doing things, which for many of you is quite foreign. This is of course the shell, the Unix based shell, I might add. And as I try to explain in the week one lecture, this way of typing commands into your computer and then getting a reply, the, the command line interface is both really old-fashioned, but also incredibly modern um, and gives you incredible power when you want to very precisely tell your computer what to do. And so you folks have become very familiar with the shell, at least if you've sort of attended the classes for this week, you've gone to the tutorial, you've tried out the shell starter kit, you've had to install ZSH on either Windows through the uh, Ubuntu Linux operating system inside the Windows subsystem for Linux WSL, or if you're on a Mac that you just kind of had to install Oh my ZSH inside your Mac and with item two to be able to access that. Now, if what I'm saying is just a bunch of gibberish and jargon, you might want to just go back and have a look at, uh, especially the shell starter kit and especially the uh, videos that have been uploaded onto Moodle. I know there's a lot of terminology already, um, but this is so foundational. And I just wanted you folks to be very comfortable with this before we started really deep diving into Python. So if by the end of week one, you've already more or less got your head wrapped around the concepts of using the Unix shell, using commands like, for example, ls to get a list of files and folders inside a directory, using date to get the current time and date, specifying additional flags on top of commands, you're already in a really good place. Now, I do also hope, by the way, that you've all attended your week one, not just lecture, but also the tutorial, where you had a very hands-on experience with both attempting to install the shell starter kit, as well as getting your hands dirty with some Python. Now that tutorial, I have to admit, was very densely packed. Um, we, we threw you in the deep end with the Unix shell, with ZSH. Uh, we, we asked you to install the shell, basically using shell commands. And we even gave you basically all the Python starter stuff inside Software Carpentry and just said, go for it. Now, I think there's probably two types of students in the room right now. Um, some of you are thinking, oh, that was a breeze. And that's fair. I, I know there's a lot of people taking the course right now with a strong foundation in programming from previous courses. Uh, maybe some of you are even from a computer science, software engineering background. And that's, that's great, good for you. And I'm actually really sorry to you folks if the first week was just a little bit uh, repetitive or boring if you've covered this stuff before. But the reason it's paced like that is for the second kind of student in the room who's thinking, this is overwhelming. <laughs> There's all this, I didn't know a single word about Unix shell before going into week one. And now suddenly you expect me to know all this stuff. And also there's Python and this is just getting too much. Take a deep breath. You're going to be okay because we've paced out the course to try to accommodate actually more for the second group that we only expect coming into this course that you've completed either one course in SQL SQL database language or 
a course in Java, which is a traditional programming language. So in a sense, the second group is kind of the ones who will be setting the pace for this course. And throughout the course, I would love to invite feedback about, you know, you're going too quickly or something that you said didn't really make sense. <laughs> One of the uh, challenges actually in teaching a course like this is that I've just been immersing my head in, uh, around all these technical concepts. The good news there is that I'll hopefully be able to help you out with all the different technical things in the course. But I guess the, the risk there is that a lot of things, if I'm just going to be honest and confess to you, a lot of things I take for granted. And it's not fair of me to assume that you take them for granted too. Um, one of the best examples of this is I remember being in the Tuesday tutorial and explaining oh yeah, like if you go inside your terminal and you do this thing with activating the Python virtual environment, then it's activated. And then one of the students did that, but then they went inside Visual Studio Code and uh, the terminal inside Visual Studio Code hadn't been activated. And they were saying, huh? How does that make sense? And I realized I had been taking it for granted that people know that the terminal inside Visual Studio Code is running separately to the terminal in, in item two or in Windows Terminal. And that's something that it's, it's actually very difficult as a lecturer to know that I've done that. So this is where your feedback is gonna be really helpful. Help me help you. Let me know if I've sort of glossed over something like that because I have a very strong desire to, to go back and explain those points but I do need you to tell me where those situations are that I've lost you somewhere. Let me know how much you understood and let me know where I lost you. Now, there are a few ways to do that, but the one I recommend the most is to go on to Ed. By now, you should all have access to it and you can actually post anonymously there. If you have a question where you feel that, you might feel that's a stupid question, if I read it, I'm pretty sure I won't think it's a stupid question. But if you are self-conscious in that regard, post it anonymously. Look, there's a good chance that it's not actually a stupid question, that it's something that's really worth bringing to everyone's attention. Now, there's another thing that I saw in the Tuesday class um, that I was actually really inspired by the students. I was amazed that you were doing this. So this is what it is. Because the Tuesday tutorial is an on-campus tutorial, I was kind of at the lectern at the front of the room and I saw among the students, uh, particularly in the front row, I might have had, you folks know who you are, but I, I saw this throughout all the students in the room. Even though I forced you folks to sit 1.5 meters apart, that means no one is sitting adjacent to anybody, you still went out of your way to look around you to seek help from your friends, from your classmates whom you may have just met, um, and to also give help. And I just, I was so touched by that because that's exactly the kind of thing that we've been thinking of like different designs for teams and how to design for the group assignment to facilitate this kind of community building. And I just put you folks in a room and you do it yourself. So long story short, that's something that I'd love to take that model and export it to the whole course, especially for those of your classmates who can't be here in person for whatever reason. And this could happen to any of us because of COVID. So here's what we're gonna do. And there's a post about this on Ed as well. Let's have a buddy system. <laughs> this was not something that I had sort of anticipated for the course. I just thought that people will just form groups for the group assignment, but I think it'd be so helpful if we have a buddy system. Everyone find a friend and this friend is kind of like the person who is virtually sitting next to you throughout the term. Your new best friend for the course. <laughs> And this is something that you can do online as well. It's actually easier if you do it through Teams. Like I, I remember being in the class at the front and hearing students try to explain code verbally and it being a little bit complicated. Um, so in Teams, you have these features where you can actually share code snippets and there's more information about this in the Ed post. 
So with this buddy system, I leave it up to you folks. Either you can send me an email, CC your buddy, let me know if you've already paired up with someone, or if you prefer, don't send that email. Um, just wait to week two tutorial and I'll make sure that anyone who hasn't already sent me the name of their buddy is automatically assigned to somebody. And I'll try to do that to the best of my ability with pairs that make sense. Now, the other great thing about sort of pairing up nice and early is as we do progress throughout the term and we get closer to the group assignment, that the group assignment teams can be formed from pairs of pairs. Uh, it's almost like arrays of arrays. We can have one pair matched to another pair and they form a group of four. Now, if you've got an old copy of the group assignment specification document, you might be thinking, but I thought the group assignment was meant to be done in groups of three. So I've actually updated that document to reflect the fact that probably it's gonna be groups of four, but I should also take this opportunity now to say that that document, along with any other document on the course that's marked as draft, and also the field manual, we may change these things. If you ever wanna make sure that you've just got the latest version, what you have to do is just look at your file name and there's either a revision number or the date. And with some of these documents at the top of the first page, it actually says the date on which this document was last updated. If there are any major updates going forward, I will let you know on Ed, because I think for transparency purposes, it's fair to do that. I will let you know, but I'm just flagging, for example, right now I've updated the group assignment specification. Groups of four is the way to go. We'll see how we progress. So that's one thing that you may wish to do before your next tutorial. And on that note, I think maybe it's time to wrap up this episode and talk about what you need to do before next week. Firstly, please make sure, please, please make sure that you have in fact um, set up the Shell Starter Kit and that you have also sorted out your GitHub username. These are gonna be really important moving forward. So if you do have any issues with these, send me an email. So Shell Starter Kit, GitHub, see how you go with the software carpentry. It's okay if you haven't progressed really far, we're really deep diving into that next week. And those are basically the three things that are listed in the definition of done slide from your tutorial slides. If you want a copy of the tutorial slides, it's a PDF that we've uploaded into your tutorials private channel. And one more thing, please make sure that you do the reading. It's a, the week two reading is listed in the field manual. It's a paper about CRISC DM, and you can get this through the UNSW library. In fact, there's a post on Ed specifically about how you can get access to this paper if you haven't gotten it already. So to summarize, you may wish to find a buddy. Please make sure you do the three things listed in the definition of done slide from the tutorial slides, especially in relation to Shell Starter Kit and GitHub. Progress on software carpentry will be really nice as well. And then finally, the reading for next week. I hope you're all having a great time with this course. I look forward to lots of great adventures in programming for data analytics, and I'll see you in the week two lecture. This has been an episode of the official INFS 2822 podcast. Thanks for listening. INFS 2822 is a course taught at UNSW Business School. You can find out more about UNSW Business School at www.business.unsw.edu.au.